A homeless shelter in Hamilton says it's being left to look after acutely unwell mental health patients because the city's mental health services are so stretched. It claims one of its guests was left in a zombie-like state after being given medicine by mental health workers so they could remain at the shelter until seen by a psychiatrist. Te Whatu Ora Waikato denies the allegation, saying it is not allowed to sedate patients in the community, although it admits its acute adult mental health in patient facility typically operates at over 100% capacity. Anusha Bradley reports. Joanne Turner is the chief executive of Te Whare Korowai Tangata o Kirikiriroa, the Hamilton Christian Night Shelter Trust. She says shelter staff and other guests are increasingly put at risk by people staying at the shelter who are very mentally unwell and not getting proper help from mental health services. It's been over a year that every time we've rung the crisis team, they have refused to do anything. Not Mm. once in over a year have they ever responded to any of our calls for help. We've gone to the extremes of what we're able to manage in our environment, and um, we just can't do it anymore. The risk is getting too high. Joanne Turner says mental health services often tell the shelter to call the police instead. She says the shelter's having to pick up the slack where mental health services are failing. And she's raised multiple concerns with senior Te Whatu Order Waikato staff about this, but no support's been provided. She says around 18% of shelter guests have a mental illness that leaves them unable to manage themselves in the community. It's about the people who are going through this. They're at the utmost vulnerable and they need the services that are, that are supposedly there um, to cater to these vulnerable people to, to step up and do their job. In a statement, Te Whatu Ora Waikato said its crisis team is available, but if there's a risk of violence, then police are involved. It said Waikato Hospital's 60-bed acute adult mental health inpatient facility has an occupancy rate generally above 100% as it does not turn anyone away who needs to be admitted. It denied the shelter was being used as a clinical alternative to hospital or respite care. In January, Joanne Turner raised concerns with Te Whatu Order about a guest she claims was medicated by mental health workers so he could stay at the shelter. She says the man became unwell in November and they could no longer manage him, but he was not seen by the mental health crisis team until early January. She says the crisis team gave him medication that left him in a zombie-like state until he could be seen by a psychiatrist the next day. We see people that take synthetic cannabis every now and then and it turns them into a bit of a, a zombie-like state and, and basically that's what these medications do. Shelter support worker Deirdre Slabbit, who accompanied the man to his appointment, says he was too drowsy to communicate properly with the doctor. No, he was too sedated, according to the doctor, to even assess him or do anything. The man was taken back to the shelter, but his behaviour escalated and they eventually had to ask him to leave. Te Whatu Ora Waikato told RNZ an investigation had confirmed the incident did not occur as the shelter staff described. It said Health NZ clinicians do not sedate people for the purposes of remaining in an accommodation setting and neither physical restraint nor sedation are used by its staff for the purposes of restraint while in the community. The chair of the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists, 
Haran Thabru, says active sedation within a community setting is very unlikely to be accepted practice. But medication to reduce anxiety, for example, can be given outside of hospital and high doses could have a sedating effect. He says it's concerning if people are being turned away from mental health services, especially if they're homeless. They're some of the most vulnerable cohorts. About one in five will have psychosis, according to a recent University of Otago study. And about 40% of deaths among homeless people are by suicide, according to a study in 2020. So we know that they need access to mental health care that's high quality, inclusive, appropriate, but Due to a shortage of beds, um, we hear regularly that units are overcrowded, psychiatrists and other mental health staff are having to compromise on the care they can provide. After RNZ made inquiries, Tafatu Order Waikato met with Joanne Turner on Wednesday. She says commitments were made to ensure better communication between both services and to create clear escalation processes for raising any future concerns or issues. It's 12 minutes away from 5. Kiamo Tunumai, you're listening to Checkpoint on RNZ National. A new survey has found that young Australian women are consuming illicit drugs at the same rate as young men for the first time. More than one in three women aged between 18 and 24 has consumed an illicit drug over the past year. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare survey also shows a worrying increase in young women who are indulging in binge drinking. The ABC's Rachel Mealy reports. Young women on the streets of Sydney say the survey results confirm what they're seeing. I definitely see a lot of people my age and there is has been a bit of a culture of binge drinking and that's kind of the thing to do instead of going out and having one or two. It's like kind of going out to get smashed. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare's National Drug Strategy Household Survey is released every few years and gives a snapshot of our drug, tobacco, e-cigarette and alcohol alcohol usage. Overall, 18% of those surveyed had taken illegal drugs in the past 12 months. Since the last survey in 2019, cannabis and cocaine use has remained steady, while the use of hallucinogens and ketamine were both up. The latest data says women aged 18 to 24 have drawn level with young men as users of illicit drugs for the first time since records began. Dr Erin Laylor is the chief executive of the Alcohol and Drug Foundation. She says this group is also showing worrying trends in alcohol use. Look, COVID is is a bit of a player in this. We're not sure what the impacts of COVID have had. We know that the alcohol industry has been marketing products um, and targeting young women, um, particularly over COVID. So we've seen ranges of drinks that are uh, particularly attractive to this age group. But I think it really is signalling a need to be cautious and to be looking out and understanding, doing more research to understand what's driving this change in, in young women. These young women weren't surprised by the results. I've seen a lot of stuff recently where women are talking about when I go out, I go out and I go hard. What does going hard look like? Does that mean binge drinking? Yeah, it's kind of like going beyond what you would normally do just because you don't do it often. I think it definitely stems from like potentially a need to fit in, uh, especially with that age range being around the beginning of uni and trying to find a social group, especially with the Australian culture. You know, binge drinking is something that's really normalised and I've definitely seen enough of where a casual night out can turn into uh, a bit of a rager or, you know, a couple drinks turns into 
way too many. Dr Laylaw says across the population, the survey showed that 6.6 million Australians are drinking too much. It showed that about one in three people are using alcohol at risky levels, so that will put them at increased risk of injuries or ill health or diseases like cancer. The use of tobacco in Australia remains in decline, but e-cigarette use has tripled since 2019. Nearly 20% of people aged over 14 reported having used an e-cigarette at least once. Dr Steph Kershaw is from the Matilda Centre for Research in Mental Health and Substance Abuse at the University of Sydney. She says Australians who need help with substance issues can look for resources online. So there are quite a lot of online evidence-based information and resources, uh, particularly portals like Cracks in the Ice, which is an online portal that contains evidence-based information about methamphetamine. The Alcohol Foundation also have an amazing number of resources about illicit drugs. But Dr Kershaw says there needs to be more focus on access to support services for Australians in regional areas. We do need to ensure that people have access to harm reduction initiatives as well as treatment or support services so that if or when they need it, they can access it. Uh, and that's really important for regional and rural areas as they are often undercated for. And while Australians grapple with a cost of living crisis, for many young Japanese, moving down under is a financial bonus. Wages in Japan have been flat for decades and now the country is in technical recession. So Japanese workers are seeking working holiday visas in record numbers. The ABC's James Oten has the story. Talking at a small camera on a tripod, Japanese citizen Shoma Tanaka goes into detail about what he earns, what he's spending and what he's saving. Videos then uploaded to social media. The 33-year-old moved to Australia in 2019 for a working holiday and he's been there ever since. 